God's Word says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new species altogether, one translation says. He's a new species altogether. There's nothing like a born-again believer. You're not the same. When you get born again, you're not just, you know, a sinner who's been forgiven. Thank God we've been forgiven, but it doesn't end there. We are a new species altogether. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are fresh and new. Hello, fresh and new. Right? Fresh and new. Everything's fresh and new. Here's just a question to ask yourself. Since your conversion, since your transformation, what's new about you? What is God doing in your life? What are you allowing God to change in you? You are a totally different individual now than you were before you had the, the God in your life. Before the blood of Jesus was applied to you. Before his grace was uh, abundantly given to you. Before the spirit that raised Christ from the dead quickened your mortal body. You were one way, but now you're another way. And we've got to learn to live the other way. We've got we to gotta train ourselves not to go back from, to where we came, but to go up to where we've been called to. God has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light of His dear Son. We've got to be people that are refusing just to fit in, just to be normal, just to get by. We've got to have a passion that says, you know what? God's done a work inside of me, and I am going to be fresh and new. I'm going to live the new life. Amen? I'm going to live the new life. I said, I'm going to live the new life. Even though there seems to be some gravitational pull that's constantly trying to suck us back down into this lower level of living. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to push in and press in. I'm going to give it all I've got so that I can live the life that God's called me to live. I don't want to be the same. I said, I don't want to be the same. Some of you all, you, you shouldn't want to be the same either. I've met you. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Look at 1 John 4, 17. It says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Not someday when we get to heaven, we're going to be like him. No, as he is, so are we in this world. So are we. Don't let the enemy deceive you and, and get you to believing a, 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 a belief system that says that, that well, you know, that you're uh, just human. You know, uh, something Keith touched on this morning. He said uh, when he was receiving the offering that, uh, how would you put it, that my best just isn't good enough. You know, the best I can do, oh, the best I can do is just mess stuff up. But with the life of God flowing in me, with, with the Spirit of God operating in my life, when, when I am as He is, oh, guys, now all of a sudden I become a threat to the powers of darkness. Now all of a sudden that thing that used to contain me, it can't touch me. Now the thing that used to make me stumble, I'm standing on top of reaching new heights. Because as He is in this world, so am I. I'm just like He is. Jesus said in John 14:12, the works that I do, you're going to do. And greater works than these shall you do. Jesus said, Jesus, the guy that you call Lord and Savior, said the same thing that I'm doing. This is what I want you to do. 
Here's what I want you to do. Follow my lifestyle. Follow my example. Jesus said, this is the, this is the deal, guys. Now that you're a Christ follower, it doesn't mean somebody who's just, you know, you're, you're hooked up to the trailer hitch and just going for a ride. No, you're doing what he did, and you can even do greater works than he did. In John, or in Matthew 4, 19, 8, 22, 9, 9, 16, 24, 19, 21, and multiple other places, you'll, you'll recognize this phrase. Jesus makes this statement. He says, follow me. Follow my example. Live like I'm living. I'm going to show you how to live the Christian lifestyle. We have been empowered by God to succeed at living just like Jesus lived. You've got what it takes. Look at somebody close to you and say, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. You know, really, all your coworker needs to do to enjoy great success in life is just live like you live. All your kids got to do to experience great freedom, insane success, is just live like you live. Now, if, they, if people live like you live, and they're mad, and they're angry, and they're depressed, and they're broken, well, you live in the wrong life. Remember Matthew 10, 39, the Amplified Bible, it talks about the low life, that, that if, you, if you hold on to the low life, you'll miss out on it, the high life. There's a higher level of life that's available to you and I. We can come up to a different level of living altogether, and we can, you know, we can live a lifestyle that's absolutely a humiliation to hell. Why? Well, because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now, you know, uh, living inside of me, is operating inside of me. Paul said, it's not I that live, but Christ that liveth in me. I've crucified the flesh. I've stepped over into a new realm of living. He said, I have strength for all things. I'm ready for anything and equal to everything that comes my way through Christ, who is infusing me with an inner strength. There isn't anything that comes my way that God hasn't equipped me to succeed at. He has positioned me to win and succeed in every given situation. And as long as I keep my focus on God's word and do what he said, I am going to walk in victory. I don't have to be beat up from the street up. I can have joy unspeakable, be filled with glory. I can know what it is to serve a living God. I can every single day of my life demonstrate my enemy's defeat. I can rise above. I don't have to be sucked under. I'm going over in life. God's not trying to hurt me. He's trying to help me. And I'm going to run into that thing instead of away from it. Come on, somebody. We've got examples, and our examples, they, they also had problems, but they just didn't cave in, give up, and quit. Well, it's normal, you know, this is just the way life is, and we just got to learn to, no, you got you to press in and, and get over that thing. They, are, they, had it, they had challenges, but they were overcomers. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. In this world, there's going to be tribulation, Jesus said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. If you're in Christ, you are a world overcomer. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you, you can condemn. This is the heritage of the children of the living God, saith the Lord. Come on, guys. We've got to start living like we believe this stuff. That would have been a good place to say amen right there. Amen. I'll, I'll give you cues, okay? Then we'll edit the tape and you'll sound really good. They encountered enemies, but they also pressed through and had victory. You do realize that victory without a battle 
is a lie. How many of you are victorious? Well, then get in the battle. Right? You can swing by the trophy shop on Monday and get any trophy you want and have a plaque made that says anything you want, but it's still just a lie. We've got, we, we've got the ability to get in the battle and win. You, you know, our examples, they, they didn't struggle or surrender to, to a mentality that said, let's just get by. They, they realized that Jesus made an investment, and it wasn't just so that they could be normal. God did not send his son to this earth to be nailed to a cross, to be put into a tomb, to go to hell and take the keys of sin, death, hell out of the hands of the enemy, to, to be raised again from the dead, triumphant, to be ascended on high, seated at the right hand of the Father so that you could be normal. Normal is not your target. Average is not God's best for you. The normal family in America ends in divorce. The normal people in, in, in church are bitter and broken. There's thousands and thousands of people across the country today that are going to go worship God looking for relief. I'm here today to tell you that there's more available for you. Right now, God has more available for you than relief. We're not here to medicate our pain. We're here to get trained to reign. Somebody say amen. Romans 5.17. Check this out. Romans 5.17 says, For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Number one, look at this. It says, much more. Much more. There's much more. There's much more life than there is death. There's much more healing than there is sickness. There's much more joy than there is depression. See, isn't it funny that people, you know, that we have this twisted mindset. You know, if you talk about being angry, there seems to be plenty of that to go around. If you're going to run out of something, why don't you run out of anger? Well, I was going to get mad at my wife today, but shoot, I'm all out of anger. Ain't any more left. I was going to be depressed, but we're all out of depression today. All we've got is a truckload of joy. Come on, we've got to start thinking right. We've got to start agreeing with God. There's much more because of the grace that has been invested into your life. If you think that there's more pain and sorrow than there is hope, you think wrong. If you believe that there's more sickness than there is healing, you believe wrong. If you've been taught that there's more depression and more poverty than there is prosperity, that there's, that there's more hurt than there is health, you've been taught wrong. There's much more to those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness so that you can reign in life. You're supposed to be a king and a priest Ruling and reigning in life. Not being dominated and dictated by, by an evil power. You have the ability to rise up and reign in life. You're large and you're in charge. 
You've got what it takes to win right where you're at right now. You don't need anything else coming from the outside to position you so you can make it through. You've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead wrapped up inside of you. You've got to unleash that power and get a mentality and a mindset that refuses to be controlled by a deceptive lie from the pit of hell. I'm going to rule and reign. There's more God than there is devil. If God be for us, who cares who's against us? God is on my side, not on my team. He's on my side. Even when I wander off the trail, His mercy and grace lovingly nudge me back on track. God has a plan for my life, and I can't even mess it up if I stay connected to Him. I can do some stupid stuff. Please don't ask me to prove it. I don't need any encouragement. But the fact of the matter is, is that God's plan for my life, to prosper me, not harm me, to give me a hope, to give me a future, that the power of God. The Bible says that what can separate me from the love of God? Neither height, nor depth, nor width, nor breadth, nor any other creature. Nothing has the power to separate me from the love of God. I can walk in God's Word. I can see the favor of God every day poured out upon my life. He is greater than any force that opposes me. I have the ability to reign in life. I said I have the ability to reign in life. If you write in your Bible, circle those words much more. If you don't write in your Bible, grab your neighbor's and circle it in his. Much more. We got to get this birth in our spirit. Yeah. You know, because everywhere we look, we see all kinds of chaos and calamity and all kinds of, uh, of circumstances that, that look dark and look evil. But the fact is that there's much more of God than there is of the enemy. There's much more. Oh, it's so dark where I work. Well, brighten up. Crank up the fire a little bit. Come on, guys. There's much more of you than there is in everybody else who works there. You got God in you. Amen? You got God in you. Look at your neighbor and say, man, you need this. We've got to renew our mind. We've got to renew our mind to reigning in life. Not to just getting by, to reigning. Not to showing up to work, but to reigning in life. Not to, oh, we're going to just try to get through another day. Slap yourself. How are you doing? Well, I've been better. You ought to get hit from the back so hard that you can't figure out what happened. You know, sometimes I think this, you know, this, this nice, warm, fuzzy Jesus that we have uh, uh, pictured in our mind, that, that we need to get a new picture. Because we are, you know, here's the deal, is that we are, uh, you know, we're in the playoffs. This is a, this is a vital uh, season of time. The American family is under attack. Man, you know, a biblical worldview, you, you know, did, did you hear about the guy that's on the school board in the state of Texas? 
that is, that is standing his ground and fighting to, to bring truth into the education system. And he's being bombarded in national news because he wants to take a stand and say, you know, there are some things that you guys are just leaving out. Like the founding fathers were Christian. And he's getting, he's getting a snot kicked out of him. He's a great guy, strong guy, standing there. You know, if you take a stand for what's right today, you're going to have to have some guts. Why? Well, because a majority of the church is trying to figure out how to, how to just fly under the radar. We're, we're trying to be cultured Christians. It doesn't work. We've got to learn that who we are and how to take a stand and how to live the life that God's called us to live. We've got to renew our mind. And we gotta, we, we gotta live the life that God's called us to live. You know, where do we get this stuff? This isn't some new idea. That textbook you've got in your hand is thousands of years old. All these new ideas, you know, Oprah has a new idea about every other week. You got the book of the month club and we, 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 we start going through whatever else somebody else said. If it doesn't line up with what God said, we've gotta reject it. We don't embrace it and try to figure out how to weave it into our life. No, we got to say, you know what? God's word says this, and this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to read it and repeat it. 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 I'm going to get it down so deep inside of me that when I go through life and something bumps me, what comes out is God's word. Come on, somebody. We've got to get this. You know, go all the way back to the beginning. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We'll read through 28. Check it out. God said, let's make man in our image. Somebody say, that's me. You are the image of God. You're the image of God in the earth today. Hello? You're the image of God in the earth today. How's he looking? You're the image of God in the earth today. Let's make him in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Look at 27. Let's do this thing. So God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. Look at verse 28. And God put them in the garden, and he blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Now, we know, again, that when we do what he said, he produces what he promised, right? You, are we in agreement that when you do what he said, he'll produce what he promised? Well, what did he say? Be fruitful. In experience increase. Realize that your life is going to produce more life. Be fruitful. Multiply. Build a strong family. Fill the earth. Subdue the earth. Have dominion. Rule and reign. Whatever environment you find yourself in, rule and reign. Come on, guys. We're supposed to be fruitful. We're supposed to multiply. We're supposed to subdue. We're supposed to have dominion. Well, you've got to renew your mind to God's Word if you're going to do it because you're being bombarded every day with a system of logic that's contrary to God's Word. You have, you have all kinds of information that's hitting you from every direction and every angle trying to tell you that you're, you're just, you know, just lucky if you can make it. Well, nah, I'm not lucky. I'm blessed. I'm positioned by God to win and succeed in every given situation. I'm a, the head only, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. 
I, I got to wrap my mind around the truth of God's word and start living as if I really believe this stuff. I got to do what he said. John 10, 10 says the enemy cometh not but for to kill, steal and destroy. But I've come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. The enemy comes to oppose you. Opposition ought to be expected. Like we said earlier, victory means nothing without a battle. You want great victory, you're going to have a great battle. You don't get great victory with itty-bitty battles. You're going to have great battle, but you're going to win. Hello? I said you're going to win. So don't worry about the battle. You've got to understand Satan has always rebelled against God, and you're the image of God, so he's not going to just be nice to you. No, I, I just, I just, I just want him to leave me alone. Ain't gonna happen. I don't want to get all serious about this Christian stuff. Well, your enemy's pretty serious about his stuff, and he ain't trying to hurt you. He's trying to kill you. So the enemy of God, Satan, wars against the image of God, you, to prevent you from living the will of God. The enemy of God fights against the image of God to prevent the will of God. There is only one way God's will is going to be performed in your life. That's if you get in agreement and do what he said to do. There's only one part of God's word that works. It's the part you do. There's Bibles in every motel room in America. So there's God's word. And there's people in there doing God only knows what. Well, how come God's will is not being performed in that room? There's his word. They're not doing that. You can walk around thinking that God is in control, but unless you submit and surrender to him, he can't be in control. You're in control. He's given you dominion. He's given you authority. He came and took the keys from the enemy, but he put them back in the hand of man. And he said, okay, now reign. You've got to do your part. I said, you've got to do your part. Look at your neighbor and say, I've got to do my part. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9 says, resist him. Steadfast in the faith. Resist him. Resist him. Look at verse uh, 8 again. It says, be sober. Be sober. He's not talking about don't get drunk here. He's talking about not living under the influence of another authority. Don't live under the influence of a worldly carnal authority. Be sober. Get your mind right. Get in agreement with God's word. Get serious. It's time to get serious, guys. We have an enemy who's trying to take people out, and he is not experiencing great failure. Everywhere we look, we see great people, good people, wonderful-hearted people who are being manipulated and controlled by demonic force. It's time that you and I realize we've got to get serious. We can't be half-hearted. We've got to get in this thing. You know, right now, what is it, March Madness? 
and the guys are in the playoffs. And, and, and trust me, come game day, they show up ready to play. The guys who didn't have that mindset, the guys who were just kind of half-hearted, they're at home just like the rest of us watching on TV. They might, they might be able to afford a ticket to sit in the stands, but they're not on the floor playing. The fact of the matter is, is that in order to win in this game of life, you've got to show up. You gotta get in the game. You gotta get serious. You gotta be sober. You gotta realize that there's something at stake here and it's worth your investment. How do you live your life come game day? Get passionate or get cut. How come you allow yourself? And these are just questions I think we've got to ask ourselves. How come we allow ourselves to live a lifestyle lower than the one that's available to us? Where did we get comfortable with lazy? It's quiet up in this Presbyterian church. Don't have anything against Presbyterians. They're just awful quiet. Where, where did we embrace the mindset that we're just hang in there when we've been called and created by God to make an insane difference, to experience real life, God life? We've got to show up and be our best. Be vigilant. Be vigilant. We want to be godly people, not religious people. We want to be Jesus people, not churchy people. We want to be Bible people, not denominational. We want to be Christ-like, and that is not normal. We've got to be vigilant. We've got to take it to heart. Anybody can live like the world lives. Anybody can get the results that carnality can produce. Anybody can have that. But God says, hey... I got something better for you. I got something more life-giving for you. I, I've got a power that, that, can, that can change everything in your life. I can take you to the end that I declared at the beginning, regardless of what happens in the middle. Would you like some of that? Would you like to come up from the lower level of life that you know and experience a, a level of life that you were created to live? See, guys, there's something better. I said there's something better. There's something real. It, it is real. It is not a religious church ceremonial lifestyle that God's invited us into. No, it is a life-changing, world-changing experience that God has called you out of darkness and translated you into the marvelous light of His dear Son to experience. It's bigger. It's brighter. It's more wide. It's more spacious than anything that you could ever imagine. Don't settle for that other lifestyle, that lower level level of life. Come up to the top and live life to the fullest. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. There's something different about the people of God. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at verse 10. Who once were not a people, but now are the people of God. 
who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. Now we are the people of God. Once we weren't, but now we're the people of God. Once we didn't have mercy, but now we have mercy. Once we didn't have victory, but now we have victory. Once we didn't know peace, but now we have great peace that passes all understanding, keeping our heart and mind riveted on him. Once we didn't have a future, but now we've got a hope and a future. Not later, not tomorrow, not when we get to heaven, but now we are the people of God. Right now. Right now. What are we waiting for? It's not down the road somewhere. It's not after the buildings are built. It's, it's not after we get this fixed. It's not after we've paid off some bills. It's right now. I have the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat right Now I have the ability to see health in my marriage. Right now I can lead my children in the ways of God. Right now I can walk in divine health. Right now I can know victory only, no defeat. Right now. Even on a Sunday morning when we lost an hour of sleep, we can have joy. Right now. Right now. When are we going to get it? Right now. Now, look at 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now. Everybody say now. Now. You know, if you don't think right, you won't see right. If you don't see right, you won't live right. We've got to change the way we think. We sit around waiting way too much. You know, I, I, you know, I think we want the angels to come down and do the river dance out in the driveway in front of the house. We, we want them to show up in our bedroom and write our name in green glow paint on the bedroom wall. We, we're looking for some supernatural experience so that, to prove to us that God's word is true. And God's asking you to believe what he said. I said God's asking you to believe what he said. God's asking you to believe what he said. Well, that's weird. No, angels doing the river dance in the driveway is weird. Finding angel feathers floating through the room, that's weird. Here's what's normal in the kingdom of God. You walking in victory. You having joy unspeakable, filled with glory. You knowing what it is to win and never fall, stumble, fail, or quit. Come on, guys. Right now, this is the lifestyle that you've been called to live. Right now. But we, so to do that, we, we've got to renew. We've we got to refresh. We've got, we got, we got to revive. We've we, we got to restore. You know, to restore something means to bring it back to the original. When, when, when they take a, a car and, and an older vehicle and they restore it to its original design. You know, what we do is we take all kinds of chrome and we change out the tires and the wheels and we, and we make it cool. Right? But when they take that same vehicle that you made cool and they restore it to its original design, its value multiplies greatly. Some of the cars that have been restored to original design will sell for a hundred times what it would sell for with all your chrome on it. They'll even take those little stickers and the pins and make little marks, just like it did, like, like they had when they came out the factory and, and, and off the floor. And, and, and why? Because it's been restored to its original design. God wants to bring you back to, the, you know, the prefix re means to bring back to the original state of. So when you 
renew your mind. You don't get a new mind. Your mind is brought back to the state it was created to be at. When we get back to where God's called us to be, all of a sudden our value in the kingdom of God shoots through the roof. Why? Because you've been restored to your original design. It, you know, what, but I want to be cool. Well, you, have you checked out the definition of the word cool? It means not so hot. It's all that stuff that the world's put on you to make you look cool, to make you fit in, to make you acceptable. That's the stuff we got to take out. We got to take off those worldly parts and be restored to our original design. The enemy's lying to you, telling you that you're going to lose your value. And I'm here today to tell you that your value is going to multiply and it's going to be crazy with the, the, the revelation that's going to come into your life when you start living the life that God's called you to live. Live according to his word. The Message Bible says, ignore God's word and suffer. Honor his word, grow rich. Oh, come on, somebody. We've got to quit ignoring the word of God. I said we've got to quit ignoring the word of God. We've got seven hours to watch Survivor. We can't find 17 minutes to study God's word. Something wrong with that picture, guys. We, we ought not to complain about that which we're willing to permit. So when life is spinning around the toilet bowl of life and it just seems like nothing works out for us, but we haven't made any investment in our Christian experience, well, it's our own stupid fault. We ought to quit whining and just say, this is what I made. Thank you for that big amen. No, we want to have a prayer line, get somebody to dab a little oil on us. We want to go to bed and wake up tomorrow different. It doesn't work that way. Been in church my whole life. I know great, wonderful people. They're good people, but they're still bitter. They're still broken. They're still defeated. They're still losing. They're still, you know, failing in life. Why? Because we're not living what God said to live. When we start doing it his way, we're going to see him produce what he promised. We've got to get back to our original design. One more scripture. Check it out. Matthew 21, 21. Now, again, this is the guy that you call Lord and Savior. He's talking now. And he says, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you'll not only do what was done to this fig tree. Remember when he spoke to the fig tree and it withered up? And the disciples with him came back the next day and they were, oh, good Lord, look at that. What he said happened. It blew him away. He said, you'll not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to a mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. Look at verse 22. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you're going to receive. A couple of points I want to make in closing this morning. That when you ask in prayer, believing, and it happens, how many of you know when that starts occurring in your prayer life, your prayer life is probably going to increase. I know why a lot of people don't pray, and nothing happens. Why? Well, because you didn't believe it anyway. You, you know, what is prayer? Effective prayer is taking God's word, going into God's presence, getting into agreement with God on that word. When you take what you think into God's presence and ask him to change his mind to line up with what, how you feel, that usually doesn't work very well. I've tried it for years. It, it just don't work. But when you take God's word into God's presence, get into agreement with God on that word, all of a sudden, things begin to happen. Look back at verse 21. Here is one of the major keys to reigning in life. He said, if you have faith and don't doubt, if you have faith, let me just put it to you this way. The, the major key to reigning in life is trusting 
God. You've got to trust God. Anything is possible to them that believe. If you trust him. What happened in the garden with Adam and Eve? They had instructions from God. They didn't follow them. Why? Well, because Adam didn't really trust God. He entertained a second thought because he thought he might be able to reposition himself listening to another voice. This is your enemy's tactic to get you to not believe that if you do what God said, that he'll produce what he promised. But every one of us know that when we do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. So how do we really begin to reign in life? Trust God. Trust God. Do what he said. Why is it so hard to forgive the guy that hurt you? Well, because it hurts. No, that's not why. Here's why it's hard to forgive him. Because you don't believe that you're going to be better once you forgive him. But once you believe God, once you realize that he's not lying to you, he's leading you into health. Why is it so hard for our society to stay out of bed with each other until after they're married? Because they don't believe that when we do it God's way, we're going to have a better result than we would doing it our way. We're under the impression that when we do life our way, we're going to have a better result. God didn't really mean it. You know, God wasn't trying to punish you. He's trying to protect you. Why? Because he knew what sex outside of marriage was going to produce. And he knew that it was going to produce great harm and devastation to thousands of families, hundreds of thousands of people all around the world. He knew that it would produce harm to you. So he said, don't do it. But we don't trust him. See, we're under the impression that we, if we get what we want right now, we'll be better off. We are deceived. Why don't we live a lifestyle that's just motivated by, uh, by a heart to give? Because we don't believe that when we do it God's way that we're going to get what we want. We think if we take what we've got and use it for us, that we'll be better off. No, you won't. Every one of us, again, gets sucked back down into this lower level of life because we're bombarded every day with a worldly carnal mentality. But the Bible says in Romans 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. Death isn't dead. Death is separation. But to be spiritually minded, that's life. That's peace. You, you want to know real life? You want, to know, you want to know real Zoe, real God life? You want to know real peace, real prosperity, real breakthrough power? Be led by the Spirit. Trust God. Trust God. I have to tell you that one, one of the major uh, you know, uh, challenges that we have is that we, 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 the reason we think wrong, the reason we believe wrong, the reason we live wrong is because we have been taught wrong. But you don't get the opportunity to blame everybody else for the production of your life. When you've got a copy of God's Word, you don't, don't take my word for it. You've got to get in that book. You've got to get in that book. You know, I've I got to tell you, there, there's a lot of pressure to stand in the pulpit and tell you the truth. It'd be a lot easier just to skim over a few things. Just, you know, let's, let's neglect to tell them this. Because if we tell them the truth, see, they're, they're not going to like that. And if they don't like that, they're going to go down the street somewhere. Well, you may have to go down the street somewhere because I'm going to tell you the truth. That God's way is the only way to get the promise of God produced in your life. And anything less than the promise of God is less than acceptable in my life. It's time to get serious. Be sober. 
I'm not going to be under the influence of another authority. Time to be vigilant. Time to press in. Don't want to be half-hearted. I want to be real. I, I've, got, I've got family. I have children who are being uh, uh, inundated by a worldly, secular uh, worldview that I've got to lead into a life of knowing God and living for God and trusting God and believing God. Don't have time to be nice. We're going to have to start getting honest now. We're going to have to start dealing with some truth now. We're going to have to realize that right now is a moment in the history of time when the church, God's people, have got to rise up and begin to reign. Because if you don't, you're going to get down the road in just a few moments, and you're going to look around wondering, what in the world happened? And, well, here's what happened, is that the church just decided to live like the world. Wrong life. Wrong life. We've been called to reign. Amen? I said, we've been called to reign. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to reign in life. Close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you.